Welcome to the Church's Testimony Podcast. This show is about giving the people of the church an opportunity to share about the things that God has done in their lives. We believe that through the sharing of testimony, God is glorified and the church is uplifted. Our hope is that this will unite and encourage the body of Christ around the world. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Church's Testimony Podcast. Um, thanks for listening to this episode ahead of time. Uh, I'm, I'm very encouraged to hear about what the Lord has done through our last few episodes and all the responses that we have have been just phenomenal. So thank you guys. Um, on today's episode, today's session, we have Sophia Andrews. So Hello. Hi, Hi. Sophia. Thanks for coming. Oh, no, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, in, I'm excited. Yeah, awesome. So are we. We love this. Um, yeah, our whole, the whole point of this podcast is simply to share what we've seen and heard. And we look in Acts 4 when Paul and John are um, being kind of rebuked by the Pharisees and the Pharisees are telling them to stop talking about Jesus and to stop teaching about him and to stop sharing what they've, they've seen God do. Um, but they respond and say, who should we listen to? You or God? Um, as for us, we're not going to stop talking about what we've seen and heard. And so with that, I'd love for you to share a little bit with us about what you have seen and heard in your life and kind of how God's been glorified through things that you've gone through. Yeah. Well, um, I think, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I could talk on, but I think the main one I'm kind of feeling led to discuss, especially I think this year, Uh, that's coming up more often is just my testimony of being like freed and healed from anxiety. Wow. And so I love using both of those words of like freed and healed Mm -hmm. because, you know, I'll get into it, but they both have such a great contribution to what happened and the events that occurred through God's process of healing me and, and freeing me from it. Um, yeah. So anxiety, I developed, I think when I was in like grade six or seven, all I know is I had it for about seven or eight years. Um, and I remember my first instance of dealing with it, I was at this little Mexican market in like Vancouver with my parents and my brother and his wife. And it was very crowded. You know, the like Robson Square, like that little ice rink? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Downtown. Yeah. In there, in that ice rink were like so many little tables and vendors. So it was so crammed, like so many people. It was just mm. so like claustrophobic feeling. And I had never yeah. struggled with anything like that before. And then I remember as we we're leaving, we we're walking into like the Nordstrom and I like went in and I was just feeling weird. I was like, mm-hmm. I had never felt like this before. I just felt shaky and like I couldn't have a clear mind. I just felt like I wanted to just start like running away from like all the people, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I never, never felt. And I, we like go in, my mom was like, what's wrong? And I like yeah. hid behind a table and I was just like on the verge of tears. And she was like, are you okay? I was like, uh. <laughs> and I just like stood there because I just didn't. No. Yeah. Um, and a part of this as well is that like emotions are always such a hard thing for me to place because mm. like just based on other experiences in my life and just uh, emotions were not something that were always like safe to express. Okay. So I had to kind of keep those for the peace of someone else. Mm. And so that not a fun, not a fun vibe. Um, so that's been a huge part as well, like contributing to my 
you know, experience with anxiety. And so that was hard being in that moment of feeling overwhelmed and surrounded by people and not knowing what I felt. Like I had no clue. I just knew I didn't want anyone near me, no Mm. one touching me. And so my parents, you know, gave me some space and then I kind of rejoined the group after I was like, Hey guys, (laughs) and I was like all normal. Um, but yeah, that was my first experience of kind of like an anxiety attack of just being so overwhelmed, so shaky, verge of tears, not Hmm. wanting to like be near anyone, not wanting to be touched. Like I just, I just wanted to like get out of there like as soon as I could. It was so, so odd. Hmm. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so that was middle school and, you know, through middle school, it's a very fun place to be. Um, and I remember I just like, it was the crowds. It was a lot of people surrounding me that would really trigger it and really just like make me spiral. So Hmm. Of course, every year in middle school, my class was at the very opposite end of the entrance oh, <laughs> of you the have to school. Walk all the way. Yeah. yeah. So if you notice, I'm a fast walker. Mm. That's why. Because okay. I would speed walk looking down from the entrance, like from where I came in, all the way like to my locker, just mm. avoiding the crowds, avoiding eye contact, just avoiding everyone that I yeah. could. And then as soon as I was there, I was like, okay, this is better. And I didn't really realize that was anxiety in the moment. But looking back, I'm like, yeah, that's. <laughs> that's normal (laughs) Mm. um of just like those feelings inside of just being overwhelmed yeah um high school yeah had anxiety and it was pretty bad like costco runs with my parents or like going to the mall there was something else that i forget but it would just get so overwhelming like Mm. i would always have headphones in with music at least one because i wanted to hear what was going on but music was kind of my way of like grounding myself kind of because I love music big part of my life and Mm. how I spend time with God and um yeah so I would just like have a headphone in and my parents would just like give me the cart or I would just like wander on my own through um Costco and it was just like (laughs) I was not a pleasant person to be around (laughs) when we were in Costco I was just like moody I was grumpy I wanted to get it out of there Mm. sometimes I'd be like oh candy oh a book yeah Yeah. and then my parents would be like okay (laughs) and then And that would be it. And it just, yeah, I found in high school mainly, it was a very isolating time when Mm. it came to anxiety. Um, I learned, you know, after all that, that it's more like my internal feelings of like having that fear of like letting people in, like letting people close to me and trusting people, I guess, which Mm -hmm. then developed into that external anxiety of the physical thing. So like not wanting physical people near me more than just, like, the emotional kind of aspect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was all going on. <coughs> Sorry. And I would go to youth, go to church, and, you know, I'd be like, oh, prayer for anxiety and whichever. And, like, looking back, I realized this morning, when I would ask for prayer for anxiety, I don't think it was ever, like, to be healed for anxiety. Because I would go up and be like, okay, I want to pray prayer for my anxiety. And yeah. it would just be like, okay, God, like, help Sophia with her anxiety, that kind of thing. It was never like, God, we like, we claim like your presence on this. We free her, Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. And so that's something I realized this morning. I was like, oh, (laughs) I was like, I don't think that was ever, like I ever fully, I never asked for it and it was never prayed over. And so I was just kind of sitting in it and, you know, middle school, high school, those were very formative years. And I took on my anxiety as kind of like my identity. Hmm. (coughs) Sorry. Um, yeah, so I took it as my anxiety and that very much kind of impacted my view of myself, my view of others, um, how I approach God as well. And so 
it was it was difficult and then you know quarantine happened covid i was the covid grad Mm -hmm. um and it was like yeah fun times (laughs) um and you know we were inside for like a year and Mm. i was like this is kind of cool like (laughs) i was vibing with it you you liked it yeah i did it was very nice i was like oh i can like think about myself and Mm. that was something i'd never done because all throughout those times of like middle school and high school like about eight years um I was serving at my church, and I was there almost every day of the week, like, helping with kids' ministry, helping with bus ministry. I'd help at both services on Sunday. Like, I was always there because mm. I was very, like, despite my anxiety aspect impacting my relationship with God, I was very, like, I don't know, involved. I just wanted to be there. I wanted to serve Him, and I loved just serving, getting to know people in that area. Mm. And that's kind of how I developed leadership skills and more of my character. So you, you grew up as a Christian? Yeah. So how long have you known the Lord for then? Maybe before anxiety became something that you wrestled with? Yeah. I was born into a very newly Christian household. Okay. So it was my mom, my brother, and I, and they had like just started going to church um, when my mom was pregnant with me. Wow. And so very new Christian family. <laughs> um, yep. But in, so like grew up going to church, very small churches, and then eventually made our way to a bigger church and went to a youth camp, so rev camp at CLA, mm-hmm. and we, like, did the whole week, and I, like, experienced God and the Holy Spirit, because mm-hmm. I never fully experienced, like, the Holy Spirit before. I was just like, oh, God, yeah. Jesus, Father and Buddy, you know? Father and Buddy, yeah. <laughs> Father and Buddy, and... Um, I think that's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I remember that week was just full, like, the chapel services, you're at the front, you know, people are crying, I'm looking around, like, oh, my goodness, and mm-hmm. it's like, this is, like, real, like, this is more than just going to church on a Sunday and praying for every meal. Um, and so that week, it was the summer going into grade seven. Uh, end of that week, I was like baptized because I just felt the Holy Spirit wow. come in and I experienced him and he would give me images and, and hmm. speak to me and just tell me how loved I was and how um, his role in my life was father. Yeah. Because um, that was a very inconsistent role Like when I was little. like My biological father was not, not a great guy, um, okay. which led to a lot of experiences but that's a whole other story Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so yeah he just really established like i'm your father like i love you Mm. um i remember one image he gave me was like so when i was little i had a dora haircut so a little bob cut a little (laughs) little bangs as well just oh full-on dora yeah um and so i remember we were like in chapel and i was just standing like next to the aisle praising and whichever and um i got this image of god like it was, like, from God's point of view. So he was, like, looking at me. And hmm. it was very little, little Dora me. And um, <laughs> I was, like, running towards him. And then he looked down and there was this big, like, treasure chest kind of looking thing. Like, it was brown and old. And he opened it and inside was all, like, dollar store toys. <laughs> That's not, I mean, my best way of describing it. Where it was, like, little, like, the beaded necklaces or, like, the gold plastic coins. Like, yeah. that kind of thing. And then there was one little, like, tiara. Like, that kind of princess tiara kind of thing and so as i ran up to him he opened it and he took out the tiara and he put it on my head and i was like small and Mm -hmm. so it kind of like flopped loosely like it didn't sit and i just remember like from his perspective i was looking up just smiling at him a happy little kid Mm -hmm. and then i could also just see his face beaming down at me being like this is my child and i I love her so much and then i like ran off and started playing and he was just smiling and looking at me and just loving me yeah that's nice <laughs> yeah so yeah because that time in my life 
of like going to rough camp that first time was when things were kind of ending with my relationship with my biological dad. So that was mm. a whole, you know, lost period of being like, okay, tried with this relationship. It's not working out. Yeah. And um, we just had to cut all ties. And, mm. um, and so what I found in that experience is the way that timing worked was that before I could like fall into that sadness of being like, okay, I tried something, I tried, I loved, but it just, it wasn't enough. Hmm. Um, before I could fall into that, that week of Rev Camp came and God really assured like, okay, that, that's not me. Wow. He's like, I'm, I'm love, I'm your father, I'm not going to leave you. Hmm. And so he really assured that of me like all week. I remember one image I got was like a little like sheet of paper that was like an adoption certificate into hmm. like the house of the Lord. Wow. Like, <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's very much claim me as his child <laughs> yeah. and yeah so that's definitely where my faith became my own mm-hmm. it was like my relationship with him became my own rather than just some routine and you know at camp you're like oh, i'm gonna go home i'm gonna do devos every day i'm gonna yeah. like and, you know it doesn't always happen mm-hmm. um, but you know that was the time where it just really impacted my my walk of faith with mm-hmm. him yeah and it's something even now like however many years later i, I remember so clearly and I remember my first experience of the Holy Spirit. I was like at the front worshiping and everyone's doing their thing, crying on their knees. And I'm just kind of standing there and just singing along. And I just felt this like wave almost like hit me from the back. And so yeah. I kind of like moved as if like I just got like punched in the back. And it was, I was just filled with like just this feeling of love. And I was like, oh, what? So cool. <laughs> I was like, what is this? And I just felt so, so loved in that moment. And it was just God's holy spirit just coming in being like no you're loved like you're Mm. mine and i love you and so that was my first experience of just the holy spirit really coming in and being present in me and me being aware of it and i remember shortly after i kind of realized what it was um one of the leaders came up to me and she goes hey like can i pray for you like what's going on and i was just so not confused Mm -hmm. i feel like I want to say flabbergasted. <laughs> flabbergasted. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Yeah. It is different than confused. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> like pun fuzzled. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I was just kind of like looking around. And I was like, I think, like, I just got hit with a wave and I'm like feeling loved. And I don't even mm. know if what I said to her made sense. And she goes, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. And she's like, let me like mm. pray for you. Wow. And so she prayed. And I remember her prayer was like, um, I pray that as Sophia walks through her life, that she remembers this feeling hmm. and that she remembers your presence, like in everything she goes through. And so that was really cool because I do remember it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, definitely, definitely the, the biggest moment of my faith of making it my own and, and having my own relationship with God, um, and not being so like routine, like in hmm. like, just going to church, going to youth, whichever. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear more about like how um, the, the word father, like that relationship was restored. And I, I don't mean specifically like mm-hmm. we have to go into details about your biological father, but like how God actually redeemed that and brought restoration in your life through just revealing himself to you. Yeah. Um, I'm very open, so I'm happy to share a little bit about that. Um, so, um, let me think of the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was born. <laughs> in, in the beginning. Yeah, in yeah. the beginning, I was born. 
And um, so biological dad, he was kind of out of the picture for a bit. And then he, so my mom was a single mom. I was born. He kind of came into the picture to visit me. I think it was only on weekends when I was little. Hmm. Um, as I like grew to elementary school, it was every weekend. Um, but yeah, he would see me. And so we had a bit of a relationship and, and that was fine. I was a kid. He would buy me stuff and I was spoiled. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, you know, and it was funny cause I didn't actually know he was my dad cause we just had like friends coming over and whichever. And so then one time I was at daycare and, and my friends were like, Oh, like who is like, cause I called him Pa. Yeah. And so he's, she's like, who is like Pa, like Papa, like whichever. I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> And I don't think that was my mom's intention. I was just oblivious yeah. to it. And Nobody so, ever said, Sophia, this is your dad. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I went home and I asked my mom, I was like, who is like Pa to me? And yeah. she's like, he's your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And so it didn't really like change anything in my mind. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I didn't really have like a proper view of like what dad was because i didn't really know he was my dad yeah wow. <laughs> so that was a really funny moment um but yeah so as i grew and stuff like you know he loved me it was his only kid whichever and then my mom met my now like legally stepdad but yeah. he's my dad um and so that's when things really took a turn and so i was probably about seven years old six or seven years old and um when my dad came into the picture, my pa got very jealous, very like, no, she's mine. Like, I'm not going to share. Like, just really didn't like him right off the bat. And he like mm. didn't even know him. And so because my pa didn't really talk to my mom or my dad, I think they were dating, almost married at the time. I'm not sure. Um, he would take out those feelings onto me. Mm. So. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I would like go on weekend visit with him, visits with him and, you know, we'd like have a fine time, whatever, go to the park, he'd buy me something, I don't know. And then he would like, I don't even know how it would come up. He'd just be like, oh, well, there was one time when like it was Mother's Day or my mom's birthday or something. And so Mm -hmm. we got like this Dairy Queen cake because we're like, oh, share it with the family, whatever. And so he bought it so that I could like take it home. Hmm. I don't know how... I don't know, but <laughs> so he bought it and then yeah. we we're eating some ice cream. He's like, oh, this cake is just for you, your mom and your brother. Like not mm. that guy. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, well, you're like, we all live in the same house. Like, we're like what? And so I was just like, oh, um, and mm. I just like, I couldn't say anything because yeah. he, he was very stubborn. He wouldn't listen. He wouldn't nothing. I don't know. Yeah. He just kind of, I don't know if I said anything, he would just follow it up more with like, no, like don't share with him don't spend time with him like don't Hmm. know nothing and he would take my mom to court over like so many things like for the stupidest reasons and like i remember my mom telling me one time he was like oh well i don't want her spending so much time with him talking about like me with my dad Mm -hmm. and then the judge goes well i don't think i don't know how you think things work but like he's her stepdad so that's just kind of how it works like they live in the same house they're family and so Hmm. yeah so many things it was so funny um and so yeah as time like i was like seven eight (laughs) like i was i was little and i had this is where the emotion thing comes in where my emotions were not trusted to be expressed i couldn't say anything it wouldn't change anything he wouldn't listen i remember one time because when my parents got married it became like every other week that i would visit with him just because like you know i wanted to spend time with my parents and then also with him so we would alternate weekends 
And so, you know, that was a whole thing. I think that's why when he took my mom to court. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And so then that was fine. But every time when I came home, I would just be crying for like an hour because of the things he would say and, and how I felt hmm. just when he said these things. <clears throat> and so my mom was like, okay, like if you don't want to see him, don't see him. She gave me that freedom to like be like, you don't have to go. Like you come home crying. Like what? <laughs> like why? Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 I want to because like, you know, I loved him. And yeah. so... I, that was a struggle. And so one day when I kind of reached my, like reached my limit, I was probably like nine or 10. I don't know. I want to say around then, Mm -hmm. um, maybe earlier. I don't know. But I wrote a letter just pouring out everything that I felt of being like, oh, it hurts when you say this stuff Mm. about my dad. It hurts when you like treat me like this, when you like just all of this, like I just poured my heart out. It's probably like two pages. I don't know. (laughs) That's all my heart could contain at that age. Um, and I, like, gave it to him. I was like, Paul, like, I want to give this to you. And so gave it to him. And, you know, he left, whichever. And I was just like, huh. <laughs> like, probably when a little bit anxious feeling. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay. My mom's like, you've done what you can. Now, you know, he's going to read it. And we just wait and see what he hears from him. Yeah. And um, time went on, nothing. And then I asked my mom. We were, like, in the Superstar parking lot. And she was like, I said to her, I was like, oh, has Paul like responded or anything? Hmm. And she goes, oh yeah, he did. Like he left a voicemail, but I can't understand it because he had a very thick, he was Peruvian. So a very thick like accent. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, you could probably understand it. And I was like, yeah, maybe. So she played it. And basically what it said, this is almost word for word, I think, um, was, hi, Sophia, I read your letter. I understand you love that guy more than you love me. You'll need me someday. Bye. And that was like it. (laughs) Wow. so i was like oh and i was like what did it say i was like um <laughs> mm. yeah that's hard yeah so then i shared and she's like are you okay i was like yeah i'm fine and it's just kind of the result of just bottling up the feelings because i was like i don't want it to affect me like it shouldn't and so yeah that one was a big one i think where i was just like no i'm fine and i like convinced myself of that and like pushed past it hmm. and then he had a girlfriend at the time and i think my birthday came around and she came to the house and dropped off like a card that said like happy birthday da, 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 from yeah. her, her and her niece and like he didn't sign it oh. and so we were just kind of like oh and so yeah that was a big thing of just hmm. like bottling everything up because it was not safe i i wasn't used to expressing anything and that led to such like a big chapter of you know when you're a preteen teenager and just yeah you're not always fun to be around (laughs) and so i had a lot of like little outbursts of just like all this stuff that i had bottled in and Mm. it just it would come out i don't know it it wasn't always fun it was not good so when people are like oh i'm just gonna bottle it up i'm like oh don't don't do that that. (laughs) like trust me do not do that and so it was so funny but yeah it was very formative to who i am now as you can tell i'm very neutral uh i'm not like ah you know um and i think that probably has something to do with it where you know i was very outgoing and like kind of an extrovert as a kid and you know as i grew up i had to grow up a little bit faster than other Mm. kids did like when it came to my relationship with him i was i had to be the adult i had to kind of adjust the conversation like i had to really speaking with my counselor like a little while ago and she's like no you had to be very attentive Hmm. to how someone else was going to perceive things the shift in kind of the vibe of the room and just i had to be very cautious and so that's why even now like if something is off in the slightest bit i'm like oh 
like what what's wrong or like mm. what happened and so yeah i found myself a lot a lot growing up just being very attentive to that little shift of mm. emotions because i'm like okay am i safe here is something gonna happen like how do i respond to get the best outcome because i don't want to argue or cause a disruption of peace or whichever yeah. so yeah so my my view of a father was a little bit twisted in, in that sense but my dad like stepdad he's great <laughs> so yeah. that was like perfect and and what a father is and so it, hmm. it was a very big contrast and so i just kind of i don't know like my pa was never my dad yeah. but legally he was so it kind of i don't know it all kind of intertwined <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah but your stepdad has kind of redeemed that image now yes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. which is very good because that was definitely a blessing from god because he kind of came in and though though the shift happened when he came in <laughs> mm -hmm. it it almost helped because when i look back and i've had a lot of time i'm only 20 but i've had a lot of time to kind of years yeah, yeah. <laughs> to kind of think on that experience and, and pray and and try and heal from it and learn about it because a lot of that very much impacts who i am now yeah and why emotions are so hard to place and so i look back and i'm like oh that was, that was not fun i don't mm -hmm. wish that on anyone but I'm also just, I'm kind of like grateful for it because it was through the timing of my dad coming in that showed me who my, like my biological dad really was and just hmm. that controlling and manipulative and kind of emotionally abusive yeah. side of him that came out and I was like, whoa, buddy, <laughs> like, come down, I'm just a child. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it very much impacted, but you know, like I said, with coming to faith and, and learning who God was, it came at that time. So when it really ended with my biological dad was when I wanted to go on a missions trip and I didn't have a passport. Okay. And so we got everything and my mom's like, we're going to need his, his signature because hmm. he's legally your dad. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. And so, I don't know, tried to call him or whatever. He didn't answer. Um, so we had to go to court because he would not just sign a document to give me my passport. Wow. And the reason was because i changed my last name from his to my stepdad's oh is it andrews yeah, yeah andrews okay. so it was Paukar, <laughs> and yeah. now it's now it's andrews and so because i switched it he wouldn't sign it hmm. because he didn't like that and so i had to go to court he didn't show up the first time and wow. so like some i don't know what are those guys called where they like track down someone a bounty hunter <laughs> <laughs> not that intense <laughs> But I think it was like I was like a sheriff or something had to like okay, literally yeah. wait and try and give him this document like mm -hmm. to serve him and be like hey dude sign this or come to court yeah and so um, that happened after the first court date so they like did that I think they like looked for him twice and then the next one came and you know he didn't show up um, the judge was like what the heck like who is this dude and, like not mm -hmm. signing like that's so dumb because it's literally just a passport like that's it like it has nothing to do with him. But it's the fact that I changed my last name from his that just hurt his pride, hurt his ego, mm -hmm. and he hated it. So he wouldn't sign. So on my passport, I had to get, like, the judge had to sign for it. Wow. And so we walk out of the courtroom, and it was, like, my mom, my dad, and I. And I remember we just, like, we walked out, and it was almost, like, just a breath of fresh air because mm -hmm. that was the last thing I ever needed him for. Wow. Like, it was just done. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so my mom's like, oh, we did it. Like, we're done. Mm -hmm. And so we, like, hugged and, you know, cried a little bit. And so... Then I think we got bubble tea, so that was pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, so that happened, and that's when it was like officially and legally kind of done with him. And um, you know, that's when God 
came in and he was like, hey, I'm, I'm yeah. your dad. <laughs> wow. And so he really kind of shifted that perspective and shifted my heart. And, and through that process, it was a lot of like learning and, and figuring things out. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did anxiety for you change? Because, you know, prior to this, everything happening with your dad and yeah. with your experience at camp. Um, and just really feeling overwhelmed by the spirit, a lot of your identity had begun to be placed in being an anxious person. Yeah. Um, so when did you, and like you said, now you're very neutral. Like yeah. You're a very kind of established, emotionally intelligent person um, that Thank obviously <laughs> still struggles with your own things. Yeah. Um, but when did that anxiety not become an identity issue for you? Hmm. And kind of what did that look like? Like how did it change? Yeah. Kind of thing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that experience with my dad very much impacted, like, yeah. don't let people in. Oh, of course. You know, even in middle school, I think we tried again and, um, mm. contacted him cause he went to Peru and he came back and he's like, oh, I want to give you stuff. And I'm like, of course, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we met and that's when, like the last time I saw him where like, you know, my mom and dad were there because I was just like, I don't want to be with him alone. Mm. And so they stayed back and we would walk and. Um, I remember he was just so tense and awkward. And so he, the end of it, like my parents went off, they were in a store somewhere. I don't know. And then, um, we finished off whatever we were, we were doing. And I remember in like the pathways of the mall, like where all the little rows connect, he was Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, bye. And I was like, oh, and then he like gave me this really awkward hug and he walked away. And that was like the last I ever saw of him. And so that really impacted like, okay, not going to try again with people. Mm -hmm. Trust is hard close myself off it's safer bottle everything up that's just really how it left me and so how old were you at that point i want to say i was in grade six or seven okay and so i was probably like 12 13 something yeah and so yeah that wasn't fun and so that's also the time when my anxiety developed because Mm. you know being in middle school great dynamic um and then just having this going on in my life having to be a little older than what i actually was and and not really wanting to have people come close to me, get to know me, like letting people into what I struggle with or like that kind of thing, mainly in that church perspective, but also just close friends. It was just hard. And so, yeah, like I said, that, that fear that developed of just like, oh man, like I had like from, from my biological dad, I had him from when I was like two Mm -hmm. until that time. And I was like, okay, this shows that even though he's with me my whole life, he's going to think about himself first and he's going to leave because for me it was like oh i'm you know i'm leavable like i'm not worth staying for kind of thing and so he really shaped that so that kind of just really fused together with bottling emotions and not Mm. trusting and so my anxiety developed externally and so um it was not fun (laughs) and so um it was definitely a long process before i even realized what that was Mm. and so i remember talking with a counselor and you know between figuring out stuff with my dad and then my anxiety it all, I kind of realized how it connected yeah. greatly. And so, um, yeah, time went on, it developed, it was not fun. And then year of quarantine, I, everything just kind of stopped. So I mm. wasn't serving like seven days a week. I wasn't at school. I wasn't leaving the house. I was just sitting in mm. the house with myself and my dad was there cause my mom worked, but, mm. <laughs> um, and so I was just sitting in the house. And so that's when God was like, Hey, like, your anxiety is kind of a big deal and i'm like oh really (laughs) like nah um and so yeah that year of quarantine was very formative as well to how 
I viewed myself and how I also viewed anxiety. So mm-hmm. I realized that my anxiety had really taken a grasp of like who I claimed myself to be. I was like, oh, I'm just someone with anxiety. Like, oh, I have yeah. anxiety. Yeah, I, I've got anxiety. And so, um, yeah, it was very, very interesting to learn all that. So quarantine, in a sense, I'm grateful for because God used that time of just stopping everything because I like to keep busy. And I think it's because I never wanted to face what was going on, mm-hmm. <laughs> like especially with my anxiety. Because I think I had a sense of how bad it was. And so he's like, stop. <laughs> he's like, let yeah. me let me talk to you. Let me show you things. Let me let me reveal, like, you know, what's going on with you. And so he showed me how big of a deal it was. And I was really taking a claim on it and really hanging on to it. Hmm. And so I remember going, like, through counseling and all that. And, you know, I'd have the tools for grounding. I have the tools for helping and listening to music. And I remember my mom being like, you have the tools. Like, just use them. And yeah. I was like... I couldn't really properly understand why it wasn't working. And mm. I think because I was hanging on very tightly to it. Like I, I explained to my mom, it's like a sock that you've had on for ages. Um, and you know, it's like nasty under there. Like it is not fun. It's not good. You got to take that sock off. But you know, I just didn't want to because I didn't know life without the sock. You know, That's a great illustration. <laughs> I don't know how I came up with that. but <laughs> yeah. Must've been the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, you know, <laughs> Oh, no, I yeah, I have no idea how I came up with that. But, I mean, it kind of works. You get yeah, the idea. No, it works. It's good. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, yeah, I really realized. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I don't want to know what it's like without it. And then I have to face things. And I have to address, like, feelings, which was something I could never address. Like, yeah. placing an emotion was hard. Hmm. I either knew happy, sad, or mad. Happy, I knew sad, mad. nothing else. Hmm. And half the time, I couldn't even tell if I was sad or mad. And so, yeah, it just, it was very big, much a big blur. And so... After COVID, I went to, like, you know, college, went to Summit, and I was like, okay, I know who I am, I know I have anxiety, I'm going to school, oh well, and so Mm. (laughs) I went to school, and that first semester was not fun at all, anxiety-wise, like, it was so bad. Yeah. Um, I had an issue with, like, someone who would just be very invading of, like, my room, not Mm. my roommate, but, like, coming into my room and just, like... I was constantly around them because it's a small campus. You're constantly around people. And so I just felt very claustrophobic from Mm. this like one or two people. And it was, yeah, so it was very overwhelming. So my poor roommate, poor Emma, she'd come in and I'd be like crying at the desk. And she's like, oh, are you okay? Like, fine. (laughs) (laughs) I had so many anxiety attacks that semester. It's so funny. Really sad, but so funny because she'd just come in and be like, oh, (laughs) I'm like, sorry. (laughs) And so I just, you know, I had to just, feel it out and i remember praying i was like god help me with this i was like i don't know how i'm gonna do this and you know just praying and i had my my team the omega team of just people that you know i'd walk through life every week with and um you know we meet for prayer and all that and so we'd pray and anxiety would come up every now and then but wasn't on like the forefront of like no i gotta get a hand on this gotta mm-hmm. do this and so then christmas break came and i was like oh peace <laughs> like i'm away yeah. i can rest and new year's eve it's really sad but i find it kind of fun i wake i stay up till midnight and i listen to music just in my room and just hang out and then i just go to bed um and so i remember going to bed and it was just after 12 and i was like oh maybe i should like pray into the new year that's probably something helpful to do yeah Yeah. it's like that might be helpful (laughs) and so i just started praying and all of a sudden words were coming out that i i wasn't even thinking and all of a sudden Mm. i was just saying like 
God, I see that you have great plans for me. I see that you want to do great things. And I'm aware now that my anxiety is holding me back. And Mm -hmm. I got this image of like being shackled in the corner of a room. So like this big metal like bolt was in the ground and there was a chain around my ankle and I was trying to run as far from it. But because I was just there, like it, I wouldn't go anywhere. And so I saw that and I said, God, like I see that this is holding me back. Like I know you want to do great things. And I see now that like, by me having this anxiety, by me claiming this anxiety over me and not letting you into this part of my life where I need to be freed, I see how I'm not fully surrendering to you. Hmm. And so I was like praying. I was like, oh, I was like, where'd that come from? And it just, it, it hit that I, I wasn't being fully surrendered to him. I wasn't surrendering my life to him if I was still hiding this little corner of me away from him. And so you know, he, he taught me what full surrender was in that moment. I feel like, okay, God, this is everything I have. Mm. And I had to really just work to bring that out to the light of my anxiety and just how bad it was. Cause I did not realize how bad it was. Cause you can feel anxious, yeah. but then the anxiety disorder is something different. It's something deeper. It's something constant. Mm. Like every day of my life, I, I would just be aware of it. I would feel that I'd get shaky. I'd start spiraling. I would just you know, be on the verge of tears in Costco. <laughs> and so it was hard. And so then I was like, okay, okay. And then after like the week or so before going back for second semester, I, um, what's it called? I was like, okay, I'm feeling good. We'll see when I get back on campus. I get back on campus and my anxiety was like worse <laughs> than wow. before. I was like, oh, um. <laughs> yeah, what just happened? Yeah, I was like, did I pray wrong? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And so I did actually think that, but I had to be like, no, that's not how it works. And, mm-hmm. um, so it was very physical. Like, I remember I was cleaning the bathroom one time and my heart started like palpitating. And I was like, am mm. I having a heart attack right now? I'm <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah. And so I'm like out of breath. My heart's like racing. And so I'm trying to, trying to clean the bathtub. Mm. <laughs> and so I kind of stopped. I was like, uh, and I just waited and then I went away. And yeah, it was very physical. So I'd get mm. very shaky. I remember feeling like physically claustrophobic where I'd like run into the room and just take off my hoodie and take off my shoes and my socks, like just trying to like get some air and so it was yeah it was very physical and and not fun i just get shaky and crying and it yeah it was it was so bad Hmm. and so i look back at um the timeline it was only like two weeks (laughs) it was only like two or three weeks like it was the end of january when um i had a friend message me so first off my friend he was on my team um and so him and his roommate were like hey we have a prayer wall like what can we pray for so beginning Hmm. of the semester i was like oh just anxiety i guess and so um then yeah january 21st i saw i I looked at my messages he texted me and he was like hey like i was praying for you this morning i think god said that like he healed you from anxiety so like praise god and i was like oh Hmm. okay like cool like i'm gonna take that and think on it because i'm like i don't i don't know i don't just want to give in you know trust issues um (laughs) so I was like, okay, like, thanks. Like, I am feeling a little bit better. And at that point I was, like, maybe a day or two before he messaged. I was feeling a little less, like, physical and more internal anxiety. And, um, yeah, shortly after that, I remember being in class. And I was sitting in the back row, as I always do, in the corner. And I'm just sitting there and, the you know, teacher's talking. And I feel my anxiety, like, rising within me. Almost like a little meter. Like, it just starts shooting up and it just mm-hmm. keeps going. It doesn't stop. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm used to it. And all of a sudden, it just, like, stopped. And I was like, hello? I was like, where are you? <laughs> like, yeah. keep going. Like, this isn't normal. And it's almost like it just hit this, like, concrete barrier. I was just like, no, it's not going to go any further than mm. what it was. And it wasn't, like, I wasn't feeling anxiety at that point. I was just, yeah. like, a little nervous. I don't know. And it just, like, stopped. And I was like, this is so 
odd. Hmm. And so I remember, I think I went to my room and I prayed or something, but I just had some time with God where I was like, okay, what's going on? And, you know, God had just said like, okay, I, like it's gone. And he just wow. assured me like, no, it's gone. And I was like, nah, you're, you're joking. You're pulling my leg a little bit. And he's yeah. like, no. And so anytime after that, there was absolutely nothing. Hmm. Anytime I would feel it. So literally like walking to class, sitting in class, eating, like any part of my day where I would feel my anxiety within me, it was just gone. Hmm. And so that was mind blowing. Like yeah. I, I did not know life without it. And so that was a beautiful moment, but I also found that I, you know, had to struggle a little bit with learning emotions again. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, I can't just call it anxiety anymore. <laughs> like, darn it. That's gone. And mm-hmm. so I had to just kind of learn that all over again. But looking back at, I just see God in those moments of that physical anxiety, you know, the heart racing and, and everything of him just saying, just trust me, like, just hold on to me. Just trust me. And, you know, and, he he healed and he also freed and i think that's why those two words are so important because you know being freed is i was chained i i didn't know how to escape this i didn't know how to leave it behind i didn't know how to move past it i also didn't know how to live with it and so he's like no like i'm freeing you from this like Mm. you don't have to worry about this anymore you don't have to struggle you don't have to stress you don't have to cry in front of your roommate you know (laughs) and so um he freed me from that but also that healing aspect is just him healing my heart him revealing to me that like you know i i need to rely on him and that though mm. i can't tell my emotions i can't i don't know always what to say to him yeah. he knows and yeah. he knows my heart he knows my struggles he knows the aches and pains of it and you know he's healed me through that whole process where mm. i can navigate like oh i'm feeling overwhelmed oh yeah. i'm feeling stressed and those were things i did not know how to feel before mm. and so yeah he healed and he freed me and i think that's so beautiful and something i will always share <laughs> yeah that's awesome thank you for being so vulnerable oh anytime <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah why don't we just take a little bit of a break yeah uh, and then we'll come back and and dig into some of those things a bit deeper but thank you so Sounds much yeah. anytime yeah <laughs> why don't you tell us now a little bit about um, kind of the process of feeling emotions again and how now that fatherhood had been restored through your stepfather, through God, um, kind of what it looked like for you to start trusting people and the Lord with your emotions, which you had never really done before. Yeah. Um, It was not easy. I will say that. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest part that helped me with this and um just helped as I get through it was just being able to like I knew in a sense that I could trust God with my emotions I knew that he knew everything so I couldn't hide anything from him but um I don't know I remember having one moment where I was lying in bed probably crying I don't know um (laughs) with my anxiety I did a lot of crying um and just thinking I was like 
God, why don't I know like anything about my emotions? I was like, mm. I just can't navigate it. It leads to so many like arguments or just like, you know, little misunderstandings or whichever. And I'm just like, I can't, I don't understand anything. Like I honestly had no clue. And just as I was thinking and, and thinking out loud and praying, um, just coming to the realization and it was definitely God in that moment of just being like, you know, I don't know anything, but just because I can't verbalize it, like I can only feel innerly like this mm-hmm. odd feeling, but just because I can't verbalize it doesn't mean like God already doesn't already know it. It yeah. doesn't mean that he's, you know, just waiting for me to say something like he knows. And so I was like, just because I don't understand my emotions doesn't mean mm. God doesn't understand them for me. And so in a sense, I kind of thought to myself, I was like, this is a way I can get to know God better yeah. through being like, okay, God, I'm feeling something like, tell me what it is <laughs> or like, help me like understand why. And yeah, from that moment on that night, I was just in my bed and, you know, moving forward, I just kind of realized I was like, okay, anytime I feel off, anytime I feel that anxiety coming, cause that was in my time of anxiety, um, anything at all, I, I would just pray. I'd be like, God, I'm feeling something. What is it? Or like, help me through this or whichever. And so I got in the habit of turning to God when I felt some sort of emotion and, and Mm. it did help. And then through being able to understand that, you know, I have them and that they're safe with God, it made me more comfortable, like feeling them because I would refuse to feel them. Like, it sounds so bad. It sounds like I was so emotionless, but Hmm. I just, I didn't want to acknowledge certain things. And I, you know, there was that big barrier. And so when it came to other people in my life or um, like friends, family, whichever, uh, it was definitely a process because not only was it learning emotions, but also that aspect of trust that had been so greatly broken, Hmm. Um, not by God, but just by man, mankind. And so um, it was hard, even when, I came to like my first year of college with my team, those close people. Um, I was not very open. I remember like my team knew me for being the one that like didn't cry. Like everyone had cried and everyone knew mm-hmm. like that everyone had cried and they're like, yeah, so yeah, like you don't cry. I'm like, yeah, no, mm. no I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was definitely interesting. And I think something that really helped was just through that year when I shared with my team, it was on zoom, of course, you know, still in the COVID times, just leaving. Mm. Um, and I shared what God had done in my life. And it was my first time really sharing like of freedom and, and healing. Hmm. And I felt so odd sharing about it. Cause I was like, Oh, it feels like I'm trying to like gloat. Cause I'm like so many people suffer from this. And it's so sad because like, you know, you feel overwhelmed. You can take it as your identity. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't want to brag that I don't have it. And then I just kind of came to the realization of like, no, people want to hear this. And so I kind of, I was like, okay, I'm just going to share. Because it was just with them. And so everyone's like, oh, what's God been doing in your life this week or whatever? And I said, well, um, I think God healed me from my anxiety. (laughs) And they all just started cheering and clapping. And and they were, you know, through their little screens. But they were all just so excited. (laughs) And my friend who had, like, written down the prayer request, he was in the room above me. And him and his roommate were on my team. And they were just, like, stomping. And, like, my room was rattling. That's so funny. (laughs) And so I just felt so encouraged but also being like this isn't about me but this is about god and that's kind of how i i shared it in that moment to be like yeah god god freed me it's not oh i don't have anxiety anymore but it's like no god freed me and he healed me from my anxiety and so that's that's how i choose to see it and so and i think that moment helped a lot just understanding you know the sharing of a testimony and that it's not really about like oh look at me look at me but just like no look at what god did and Mm -hmm. now i'm i'm gonna share about it and so that helped a lot with just 
trusting with that emotion because that emotion was just like, oh, I just feel awkward. I don't like it. And so sharing that and then just through, I think, God helping me in my process and, and learnings of emotions, mm-hmm. um, I gradually just grew more okay with sharing. Like yeah. with my testimony, I will share anything and everything. I'm very open. But my emotions are something that I I would tend to keep guarded a lot. And there are still some that I, I struggle with expressing, like crying. I hate to cry and mm-hmm. I will refuse for with all my might. <laughs> but when God says to me cry, I just start bawling like a baby. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's still a learning, learning process. But yeah. I think it's mainly just through God being like, hey, we're buddies in this. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to help you as you navigate this. That I'm I'm able to express it a little more openly. And with those that I'm close with, I do say to them hey like just give me a second like i'm trying to figure out how to word this so i'm trying to figure out what i'm feeling and and they know they know to give me time and they know to have patience and you know i thank them mm. a lot <laughs> yeah um and and yeah i don't know that's yeah. kind of that's awesome that. yeah oh, thank you yeah um yeah and we know like the lord not everybody sees healing mm-hmm. um and so i want to make sure to emphasize that a little bit yeah. That if, if somebody is listening and still struggling, that it doesn't mean um, that they're just like a broken human being or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's maybe some advice you would give for people who are uh, struggling with anxiety? And, and maybe more specifically, what's some advice you'd give to somebody who's placing their identity in anxiety and kind of declaring over themselves day in and day out that they are an anxious person when in reality they are somebody who is beautifully and wonderfully made yeah. a child of God, but wrestles with anxiety. What's yeah. something you might say to them? Um, patience, I think. Mm. And it's such a hard, like it's so simple, but so hard to live out. Um, for me, I had really claimed anxiety as my identity. I claimed it as something that, you know, maybe God wanted me to have, um, mm. which is not correct. Cause even in those, maybe it was a month I thought that, I don't know, but if it's not making you feel good, if it's not providing joy, if it's not making you feel peace at yourself, then it's not from God. <laughs> and I don't know, just just patience and just waiting and, you know, for believers, like, pray into it and pray for God to come in and and don't lose hope when you don't see an instant gratification of what you're wanting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big one. Because um, for me, I found that through that process of waiting and and learning, <laughs> a lot of learning and a lot of tears, um, if I hadn't have gone through that, I wouldn't know what full surrender was to God. Wow. I, I needed that time period. As not fun as it was, as sucky as it was, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for it because I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about God. And, you know, my relationship with Him was greatly impacted through the results of that waiting period. Yeah. So through that moment of just surrender being like okay god i get it (laughs) i understand like for me it was just fully surrendering it to him because i was holding on so tightly to it i was claiming it over myself um yeah he just taught me he's like this is not what full surrender is when you sing i surrender like you're holding this back and Mm. you know i i learned that and from then on i'm just every day of my life i'm like all right god this is for you everything i do is for you and and everything i feel i'm gonna give to you and so it's just patience and his timing and understanding that if we don't see instant healing, it's just not the right time yet. And and God has the right time and there's a purpose for the waiting, as as commonly as that is said. It's mm-hmm. it's so true because he has something so much greater in store. 
through that process, like me experiencing my, the Holy Spirit for the first time. He came in at just the right time where I was about to fall into this pit of just being like, oh, my dad has left me yeah. to no, I'm your father. And here's how mm. I'm going to establish this in your life. And, and it just gives so much hope. And yeah. so just hold tight to him and have faith in him and know mm. that he's a healer. If it's nothing, if you're feeling something that's not good, if it's not bringing you light and joy that he provides, it's not from him. It's not something he wants you to have. It's not something that he is claiming over you. It's mm. just something you're dealing with and yeah. just go to God with it and trust that. In his timing, according to his will, he'll he'll provide what you need. Yeah, yeah. A few a few verses come to mind even when you're sharing that, and all of them in Romans. And I think if anybody is walking through this to yeah. <laughs> work through Romans, um, like God turns suffering into glory. Um, God works all things for the good of those who love Him. Our our present sufferings are nothing compared to the future glory that will be revealed in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Um, and we, we just took the class on, <laughs> yeah. on Romans. We just wrote an uh, exam for it. Yeah, it's very applicable. Yeah, especially um, that section of just like rejoicing your sufferings because it produces endurance. It produces hope. It produces everything. Yeah. And, you know, it strengthens your faith. Ah, so freaking wow. cool. Good book. Yeah, great book. <laughs> the good book. The good book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Oh. Um, yeah, well, maybe as, as we kind of start to wrap up a little bit, um, why don't you tell us about where you're at now? Kind of, yeah. you know, what you're doing, what your life looks like, um, and something that you're grateful for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, right now I'm in my third year of college and I noticed such a big difference from my first year hmm. because through letting anxiety go through, you know, walking closer with God, I have learned a lot. So in everything I've gone through in my life, I... The main theme has been just like waiting on the Lord. And so being healed and freed from my anxiety, I was like, okay, God, what's next? I was like, what mm. you got in store? I want to know. I want to know. And he's like, ah, just wait. And so he went, you know, he kept his little secrets. And I was like, all right, God, I'll wait. <laughs> and so I, um, I don't know. You just have to pray and you just wait. And then I, he told me, okay, you're going to work here this summer. And I was like, okay, cool. And so he revealed things to me in steps of like where I was working and how I was able to actually like be a light and evangelize in my workplace, which I was very surprised about. Mm. And then he said, okay, you're going to do this program of pastoral theology. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do that. And then he's like, okay, now I think I'm calling you into apologetics. And I'm like, cool. Let me investigate that a little more. And so yeah. just, just following what he's saying. And I don't know, I think I see a lot of doors being opened through being healed from my anxiety and and seeing a bit more of what he has planned and being more comfortable expressing emotions and being more comfortable public speaking like mm -hmm. even in this right now i would feel so anxious if i still had my anxiety but you know yeah. we sat down to record and i'm like i'm vibing man. Wow. <laughs> and like i would be like shaky i'd be a little bit sweaty like hmm. it, it's not a fun vibe but um i just see a lot of change and a lot of growth especially in my relationship with god of just waiting and trusting yeah. which has been such a common theme and so that's where I am right now. I'm just waiting and trusting. And, you know, in regards to apologetics, that's such a broad topic for him to say to me. But I'm like, all right, I'm just going to persevere and you'll narrow it down when it's when it's the time. Mm -hmm. Like right now I'm without a job for the break, which is scary. But, you know, I trust God and say, OK, you know, what's what you got in store? Why am I not working? Like, what do you need me to do? Yeah. And so just waiting and trusting, I think, is mm -hmm. my main where I'm at right now. I've just... Waiting and trusting in him, but also 
being intentional with the relationships around me, knowing that, you know, the people in my life, the people that are there are brought for a reason. And there's going to be something joyful and something, you know, that God does through that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I kind of see it as that. And so I'm very grateful just, um, to look back at everything that I've gone through and just everything and just see God in every single moment. Like if I'm bawling on the couch, I remember this one memory, just bawling on the couch and I just see God's arms wrap around me and just hold me as I'm like sobbing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said earlier, through everything I've gone through, I, I'm grateful for it because I would not be where I am as an individual, as with God, as in like, regards to my identity through him Hmm. i would not be here right now if it weren't for any of that and so i look back and i don't feel the hurt i don't feel the pain i don't feel you know Hmm. the symptoms of anxiety but i just feel god's love and i feel his presence and i just i see him ever so like more what's the word (laughs) i see him more clearly than ever before and Hmm. you know it's it's a passion for him a fire for him that i i've developed over time and i just see you know, a great dedication of my life to him. And so I'm just grateful for all that he has done, despite the tears, despite the pain, despite everything. Yeah. I would not trade it for the world. Wow. That's cool. A mm-hmm. lot of suffering, but even more glory. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, thank you so much for yeah. sharing everything with us today. <laughs> Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I love hearing more about your story. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's crazy. Um, that's what I say a lot too (laughs) (laughs) Uh, unreal to see how he's been moving in your life Mm -hmm. just everything you've seen and heard is so encouraging Um, so thank you genuinely thank you yeah Um, yeah and for everyone who is listening um, thank you for listening as well and we hope that this was encouraging and trust that the Holy Spirit will bring this to the right ears so Mm -hmm. um, one last time thank you again Sophia for coming on it's it's been an an honor to have you here Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. See you later. Bye.